Welcome to My Ed Expert, specializing in what's possible in education. By merging research, practice, and passion, we provide insights from top educational thought leaders for right now implementation. Now, here's your host, author Susie Pepper Rollins. I am so glad you joined us. Our topic today is about discovering more about the learners in our building and classrooms. What are our learners' strengths? What are their challenges? What are their interests? We're talking today about making learning personal. All of our learners have a story to tell. What are those stories and how can we encourage them to share them with us? It would be difficult to find anybody who is more versed in the field of personalized learning than our guest, Kathleen McClaskey. Hey, Kathleen, I'm so glad you're here with us. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you today, Susie. Well, let me tell everybody, you're so accomplished, but I'm just going to get three things in here. Can't tell everything, but uh, Kathleen is the founder of Make Learning Personal. She's an international speaker, professional developer. She's the co-author of two really big books on personalized learning. One's called Make Learning Personal. The other is How to Personalize Learning. Those are both by Corwin. She wrote those with Barbara Bray. So if you want to check those out, you can just, I've already looked at them on Corwin. You can Google that. She was a middle school educator and a K-12 administrator. So accomplished and experienced in our field. First thing I want to ask you about, Kathleen, is I'm, I'm really curious about a little more about your work, but how did you develop this passion for personalized learning? Where did that come from? Well, actually, that actually came from um, early on with my own experiences with my own children. Um, my oldest son was a severe dyslexic and still is, and he suffered quite a bit in public education. And um, and the problem was is that no one really saw uh, his strengths, <laughs> okay, and didn't see uh, really how he learned or really understood how he learned. So that has been my motivator for many, many years. Um, and I actually created learner-centered environments over 30 years ago when I was in middle school. And so I've had this passion because I really truly believe that, that we need to empower kids with the way that they learn and then to help them develop the skills for them to become more independent learners. So, um, that's, that's, I have tons of passion around this topic. So. You know, I love what you said just about empowering kids. You know, I, I mean, that to try to encapsulate personalized learning, what a way to say that is to empower them about their learning. Why does it matter so much that as educators that we personalize learning? And what are some, you kind of, you kind of alluded to it already, but what are some benefits that this path might offer to our learners? Well, the thing is, when kids actually know who they are as learners, where they know their strengths and challenges, and actually can talk about that uh, with, you know, with teachers. Uh, first of all, it's very empowering to them, but it ro- allows them to take ownership around their learning. And uh, we talk a lot about ownership to learning, but that is the key element, is that kids are able to share those things, um, and they're able to advocate for their own learning. Uh, that's a lifetime skill. You know, they, they are going to leave the schoolhouse door one day, and they need to be to advocate for how they learn. And um, we couldn't. We need to really deliver on this because uh, we've spent too long not understanding who the learners were or, or are in the classroom. And now, if we empower them, where they have um, you know more voice and choice in their learning, then we can really create those environments that really going to be a better path for every learner, um, so that they can actually realize their hopes and dreams and what they'd really love to do. So that's that's what this is all about. I love the way you phrase that. And you mentioned student voice, and I want to kind of follow up with that because, 
gathering student voice seems to be a cornerstone of this personalized learning process. Uh, can you provide some strategies to make that a part of our instructional process? And is this, I was doing you know, a lot of reading on your work. Is this what you mean by students sort of telling their story? Uh, it is partway. So uh, giving them voice to tell their story about who they are and how they learn is uh, a very important element of voice. The other way that they actually are, have voice in the classroom is that they're able, they're able to share with you uh, things about how they learn, okay, that could really inform instructional process. So, for instance, um, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to the terminology that I use with learner profiles that we have and around three elements about what you want to know about a learner. Uh, you want to know what their strengths and challenges on how they need to access and process information. Um, you need to know how they engage with information and content. And you have to know how they express what they know and understand. You have to understand their strengths and challenges in all those three areas. And when you do, that really does inform your practice. I do want to tell you that I recently met up with a wonderful uh, school district who actually use these learner profiles to inform instructional practice every day. So um, kids, they actually have created Google Forms where kids can respond to those very specific questions around access, engage, and express. And then they're able to really uh, understand how they need to deliver that instruction Right. And because kids are going to tell you um, what they how they prefer and need to to do those three things. So. So on the this learner profile profile you're talking about, that's different than learning styles. Right. Could you sort of elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I'd love to elaborate on that. So I did a, quite a bit of research around learning styles, and I know that this is a dominant way of understanding learners. But um, what the learner profile includes uh, really is a a lens uh, using universal design for learning, which is based on the, on the neurosciences and the learning sciences and the what, how, and why of learning. So um, the learner profile, again, looks at the how they uh, access, engage, and express. Then we want to see their strengths and challenges around those things. Uh, and learning styles does none of that, okay? And the problem with learning styles is that a lot of times kids will just develop a fixed mindset around how they learn. Well, I only learn by, by visuals, period. Okay. And then they never opened up to that other piece. But, you know, uh, I said to one teacher about a couple of months ago when she said, I've been using learning styles for 20 to 30 years. And I said to her, well, I want you to think about this. Uh, the brain is fairly complex. Okay. Uh, and it would be very difficult to really to label um, how a child learns by a single word, okay? And, um, and what UDL does, it really allows you to really look at all aspects of learning. Um, and I think we, start, we need to start using the learning sciences and stop using learning styles uh, to really understand who the learner is. Oh, that's really, I'm really appreciative of you clarifying that. That's really interesting. And do you have some information on the learner profile on your website? I actually do. So I've re I created a blog um, and there's actually, uh, the learner profiles is the first part of a three-part process. And you can actually go to my website called KathleenMcClaskey.com and um, you can look at the blog post and there's a blog post on the learner profile that really gives you a clear understanding of what that is and there's also, I've written several articles 
on learner profiles and personalization, and it's always included um, in all of that writing uh, that I've been doing. Okay. Well, we're going to, guys, listening to this, what I'm going to do, we're going to post on our summary of the podcast. We're going to put a link to Kathleen's website. Uh, so you can look at the learner profiles there and all of her blog posts. And there's, there's just a lot of, I've been to her website several times, a lot of great information on this website. So we're definitely link that up for you. Uh, in reading some of your work, I noticed um, that you advise uh, that learners should contribute to setting learning goals. And so I want to, I want to talk about this a little bit because of course our school district, our states, our standards, we have learning goals. Um, how do we blend this world where, okay, here are our learning targets. And then we also want to include our learners on learning goals. How does that work? Well, okay. So uh, learning goals from the perspective of standards is what's really important. This is where voice comes into play again. Uh, we need to give the kids ownership, okay? And the one way that you do that is the learner has to be able to say how they're going to master a learning target, okay? Instead of just saying, here's a learning target, now um, we want you to master it. It's about giving them the voice about saying, um, I understand what the learning target is, and um, here is how I plan to show my mastery of that learning target. This is, you know, so that they're actually deciding, and making that plan. And I know that may be, um, but this is where that whole piece of ownership to, to the learning. And I'm not a big fan of, of, uh, of standardized tests, but I do definitely believe that, that kids need to master um, what I call competencies. Uh, and, and that language is actually pretty dominant here in the Northeast. Um, so we want kids to be able to articulate that and actually demonstrate mastery and say, this is how I plan to show you that I've mastered this. So that's an important part. Thank you for that distinction. And, and when we're in buildings and they're, they're personalizing learning, um, you know, everything's kind of kind of be measured, right, today? So can we, if we're doing walkthroughs or we're trying to see, is this working for our, for our learners, uh, how can we do that? Or what are we looking for in classrooms and buildings? Help us out with that a little bit. Well, you know, what we're seeing in classrooms um, is uh, definitely flexible uh, learning environments where there's different ways uh, where kids can either be sitting or, or um, sitting um, somewhere in that room. And they're either, you're going to see all sorts of configurations where some kids are maybe working in pairs and some kids may be working in groups. Some kids may be in some quiet area working by themselves. It's all how, how they prefer or need to learn. And that doesn't mean that we're not trying to stretch them and getting them to learn in different ways, but we create environments for kids so that it becomes flexible enough where they can actually, you know, uh, move the furniture, <laughs> all right, to, to learn in a, in a certain way or to collaborate in a certain way. And, and I think that flexible learning environments is something that you see in a personalized learning environment. Uh, and, and you see a lot more, um, you know, movement in the classroom. Uh, for sure. So you have to, you know, um, recognize the fact that kids are, and, and depending what type of project it is or activity it is, that kids have all this flexibility about where they learn, you know, um, and where they do their activities and, and who they do those with. So uh, that's how, what you see in a, in a um, and the, you always have 
these open areas as well, outside of like classrooms, you even have open areas where kids can go out into an area outside the room and do some collaboration or work. Um, so it's no longer just sitting in the seat, okay, anymore. Right. No, I'm on board with that. I mean, I, I know my last book I talked about, you, everyone's heard about this. They're saying how sitting is the next smoking, like you've got to get up and move. Yeah. And, and that reminds me, too, of a building I was in not long ago where it's a middle school STEM uh, building, and they had eliminated lockers, and they turned those lockers into these common areas. It's almost like you're on a Google campus or something. Right. It was the coolest thing. Yeah. And, and they would move out into there. And, it, it, and of course, you know, it, it was just – it was wonderful to see this. So that's that's interesting to hear your perspective on that. And I know uh, doing some reading about your work, um, you do draw the connection between UDL, Universal Design for Learning, and Personalized Learning. Could you share a little bit about how those are connected? Well, the thing is, uh, Universal Design for Learning, just to give you an idea what that is, that's an educational framework based on the research and the learning sciences, including the cognitive neurosciences, it really helps develop, guide the development of flexible learning environments so that we can support the variability of learning in the classroom. How, um, how I've been using it is really taking that UDL lens. So I'm a 20-year a user of UDL in my practice. Um, consider myself pretty much, an, it has, I have an expertise around this, but what I always saw and what I thought would have been really helpful, and this is what Barbara and I did uh, over six years ago, is we basically said what we really need to do is to build this common language around universal design for learning. And so UDL is based on three principles, okay? Multiple means of uh, action and expression, multiple means of engagement, and multiple means of representation. So uh, I always found that it was really difficult for teachers to really to keep that in the, their mind. So, you know, I, I actually came up with the terms access, engage, and express, because we wanted to sh show how you could use this common language uh, uh, around UDL, okay, and using it by both teachers and learners or anybody in, uh, inside or outside of the school. So Access, Engage, and Express is really the UDL lens um, that, was, that was created. And that lens, by the way, is used by, by the learners to be able to share out who they are as learners, it's used by teachers both in their instructional practice and understanding how kids learn, uh, each child learns. And uh, it's actually used in really all aspects of the learning environment because you want to be able to design a learning environment where there's complete accessibility and there's ways for kids to express what they know and understand or engage with the content. So uh, it really, um, it, it's a lens that's used day in and day out and can be part of daily practice. And I always found, discovered that I always think like a practitioner, okay? So Access, Engage, and Express is a great way for teachers to be thinking about their lesson design and thinking about those three terms. Um, and once they do, it's, it's, it's like automatic after a while, but um, it's really an easier way to really apply UDL uh, to daily practice. That's why those terms were created. 
Okay. And I, I love that. I think I saw something on that on your website as well to help teachers. I also saw something on your website, and I, I think you've added this to my ed expert, which we really appreciate, is a chart that I got a lot out of that you have developed that clarifies the differences between personalization, differentiation, and, and individualization. I know you can't go into the whole chart a little bit, but if you could just mention a little bit about that and how that can help us, because it sure helped me seeing that. Yeah, so let me just say to you, is that chart was created by Barbara and I back in January 2012. We revised it twice. Um, the last time we revised it was four years ago. Um, and I want to tell you why we did that. So the National Ed Tech Plan uh, actually used these particular terms uh, in 2011, but it was from the perspective of instruction. So Barbara and I said, well, now, we need to really write this up and to help people understand it, what it is from the perspective of the learner. Um, and so that's the reason for that creation. And um, things are always to keep in mind is um, differentiation and individualization is uh, teacher-centered. Personalization is learner-centered. And these particular terms are used all the time. They use all over the world, by the way. They're often confused and sometimes used in one sentence. Um, and so we actually have had that particular chart downloaded hundreds of thousands. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have downloaded that. It's been, I just did. <laughs> it's been translated in about, it's been translated in well over 10 languages. It's been placed into um, educational publications on state ed websites it's used in uh, academic, uh, you know, uh, applications and publications. And so we've heard from people from six continents that have used this chart. Okay. So we know how widely it's used. And what it's so great about it is that it's one sheet. It gives you a really nice view of the differences between those three. And uh, at first, people were using it to share with parents. But it provides clarity around those terms. And there was never any type of clarity at all um, before that. And people just absolutely, absolutely love this chart. I can't tell you. <laughs> well, well, like I said, I downloaded it. That's why I wanted to mention it. So it's, it's a really good go-to. Just And I noticed that right out of the way. Is it's one, one's more about the learner, which is really what we're talking about with personalized learning. So if I'm listening to this podcast right now, I'm driving into work, um, what are a couple things I could do to just maybe get started with personalized learning? What, what kind of guidance would you give us? Hmm. Well, you know, one of the very first things I, you know, I think the most important thing is to get to know who your kids are. Um, and even if you just found out uh, their preferences and needs and um, around access, engage and express, it's, it's a pretty easy conversation most important, though, is really to take this learner profile and, um, and delve deep into that. Um, the other thing is um, allow kids to have a voice around their learning. So they're not saying, uh, you, don't, you never want to hear, uh, just tell me, you know, just tell me how to learn this or just tell me how to do this. Those are like the, like the most horrifying statements in the classroom to me. Just tell me right, uh, where the kid has no investment in their learning. So um, building relationships with children is the most important thing you can do um, and taking that time. And I know it's, it's, you know, in the month of April, but 
um, when you connect with kids and you show them that you care about them, when you ask them about who they are and how they learn, you're telling them, uh, you know, that you really value them as a learner. Okay, so those are the important pieces for sure. For people that may be interested, by the way, in uh, learning how to, you know, create this learner profile and the backpack and the plan, I'm actually giving an online course this summer, um, and I'm posting that up fairly soon, so just to give people a heads up. Um, so it's going to be an online. Okay, great. And that'll be on your website too, I guess, and so yep. we'll, we'll be sure and have that link right. up there. And. Uh, we're in we're in late spring now, and of course, uh, different parts of, of the world in school, different times. But before you know it, we're going to be planning for back to school. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, some you know, so this is a good time to to think about these things uh, when the new school year begins. And we just mentioned about if I'm driving in tomorrow, it's it's late spring. What are things I could do now? Because it's it's always a good time to start with these. But when we're planning in our for our buildings next year, what are some have any additional things to kick off kickstart? personalized learning in the fall? Well, I'm going to go right back to this learner profile because um, this is really where you need to start. Um, it's, uh, it's about building um, a culture of learning in your classroom when you start off the school year. And nothing is more important is to make personal connections with each and every learner and to develop this culture where kids are uh, supportive to each other in their learning. Okay. And it's really, you know, get to know each one of them, but let them get to know each other and let kids really share that out and tell their story. Uh, so storytelling is definitely the, the real startup at the beginning of the school year in getting kids to share those things out. Um, so, you know, all of this, by the way, is, of course, in the second publication, How to Personalize Learning. Um, but um, and we actually give some really good activities in that particular book, but this truly is the very first thing you need to do the first week of school. If you establish that relationship early on, the rest of the year will go so much better. Um, that is some great advice. I'm um, I'm learning so much from you, and I've got I've got way too many takeaways, is what I'm finding. So I'm going to narrow down a little bit. But then what I'm going to do is. Mention some of mine, and then if you will add as the expert things that you could put to this. So the things I'm just moved by today is, of course, really knowing our kids, having them empowering students. I just love to empower students, give them more ownership of their learning. I love this idea of how they all have a story to tell in terms of how they learn and, and and connecting them with that. And of course, this learner profile, which I think everybody listening to this, we need to really check out this learner profile if we've not already, in addition to that wonderful chart that we've talked about that everyone's downloading. So um, Kathleen, tell us a little bit, add to that as the expert, what are things that you think are the most valuable takeaways for our listeners? Well, I want everyone to keep this in mind. And I know how tough teaching is um, on a daily basis, but um, always remember that personalized learning always starts with the learner, uh, and it starts with learning. Um, and it's not about the curriculum or the instruction at the beginning of the school year or the standardized test. Um, if you focus on learning, learners and learning, um, then everything else really will go very well for you uh, the rest of the year. The second thing I want to say about personalized learning and this is, um, I, I recently wrote about this uh, in a three-part series that I did for Competency Works just recently, actually the last couple of weeks. 
And this is one of something I came up with because to provide clarification around personalized learning. So listen up to this. Personalized learning is not what is done to the learner or about tailoring the learning. It's about helping each learner to identify and develop the skills they need to support and enhance their own learning so that agency and self-advocacy can be realized. So that's my <laughs> departing that's your de- quote. And you know what? I'm going I'm yeah, go- to put that quote with your permission. I will put that on absolutely. our summary. So um, because that is a wonderful, wonderful explanation of this. And I just so uh, enjoyed visiting with you and learning about this. And, um, and we'll, again, we're going to put some of these resources on the summary so people can connect with you. And before I close, I never want to close any podcasts without thanking every educator out there for creating possibilities for your learners. Kathleen and I are both lifelong educators. We're in classrooms. We know it is, it's the toughest job in the world, but boy, is it rewarding. And we just want to thank you for opening doors for your kids every day. I hope you join us uh, next week. We have a podcast every Wednesday with educational thought leaders like Kathleen. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, you're very welcome, Susie. This has been a total pleasure. Well, safe travels. I know you're about to take off, so safe travels, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, thanks, everybody. We are so glad you joined us on this episode of My Ed Expert. For more resources on the ever-evolving realm of education, head on over to myedexpert.com and get inspired by all of our authors' work through downloads, strategies, and best practices. While you're there, hop on to get updates right to your inbox because you don't want to miss a thing right here on My Ed Expert.